Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you once again that we can come together today in this form, Lord, to, to worship you wherever we are. Lord, we thank you for that great time of worship together. Lord, and we also thank you now as we come and we open your word. Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, that we would learn things. We would be challenged by things. But Holy Spirit, you would uh, enlighten things to us, to each and every one of us. Speak into our lives today, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. And uh, great to have you with us again. And the last couple of weeks, I just want to recap where we're up to and what we've been doing. So going through our series on the harmony of the Gospels, we got to the point where two weeks ago, Jesus was riding on the colt of a donkey and riding into Jerusalem. And he's about to prepare for the last uh, few days of his life. Then we took a break last week. We had uh, Steve McCracken uh, speak into our church. And he spoke about being in the spirit or being in the flesh. And that was a great word from Steve last week. So now we're going to pick up again on, on the harmony of the Gospels. And tonight or today, I'm going to ask you to turn to John chapter 13. And we're going to look at this uh, passage of scripture where Jesus has gathered with his disciples and they're having the, the, the Passover meal and they're, they're in the, that, uh, that special room that's been prepared. And in John chapter 13, there's three instances that I want to have a look at in detail. The first part of John chapter 13, it talks about Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Now normally when you come into a a meal where someone is hosting like that. You would have two servants. One servant would untie the, the sandals and then the next servant would actually wash the feet of the guests that had come in. And because they were walking with sandals and on dusty roads, often their feet were, were very dirty and they needed to be washed before each meal. Now, what happened there was... There was no servants. It was just Jesus and his disciples and, and preparations were happening about preparing the meal. But we find that Jesus gets up there and no one had washed their feet and he gets the, the bowl of water and wraps the towel around him and begins to wash his disciples' feet. So he's teaching them an incredible thing about servanthood, about being humble. And that's... The first part of John chapter 13. The second part deals with Jesus predicting his betrayal. And we find that in this second part, the disciples are they're all sort of reclining at the table. And all of a sudden it becomes aware that someone is going to betray Jesus. And they begin to talk amongst themselves and... and and sort of Peter motions to John, who is right next to Jesus, ask him who it is. And Jesus actually goes and predicts the person that is going to betray him. Then in the third part of this chapter that we're looking at, Jesus predicts that he's going to be denied by one of his disciples. 
and once again, they, they're all sort of thinking, well, who, who could this be, you know? And so we're going to look at these three parts of this chapter together. So if we go back to the start, just before Jesus washes the disciples' feet, he makes this statement. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. And today I want to just name my sermon. The title of the sermon today is Jesus Knew. Once again, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Now when you think about it, Jesus, part of the Trinity, in heaven with God the Father and the Holy Spirit, and he empties himself of his divinity and he comes to earth in the form of a human baby. He grows up, he spends 33 years on this earth and at the age of 30 begins his ministry. And now he's 33 years of age and he's coming to the last few days of his life. And he makes this statement, Jesus knew that his hour had come. He was about to leave this world and go to his father. And the thing is, it wasn't an unknown to him. He knew what was going to happen and he was going to leave this world and return to his father, return to heaven, return to the place where he first came from. So it raises this question, how did Jesus know? The second part is that Jesus knew who was going to betray him. And if we go down to verse 26... And 27, it says this. Now, Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread. And when I have dipped it into the dish, then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. Now, this is fascinating because Jesus knew that his hour had come. And then as, as they moved through the evening, through the meal, Jesus knew that one of his closest friends, one of the 12 disciples, was about to betray him. And he knew who it was and he dipped the bread into the dish and he passed it to Judas Iscariot. Then as we move a little bit further on into the evening, Jesus knew who was going to disown him. Verse 37 now Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. So not only did Jesus know that his hour was coming and he was about to return to the Father, the mission that he was sent for earth to die on a cross was almost there and to rise again. His mission was almost complete and he knew his hour had come. He knew that Judas Iscariot was going to betray him and he knew that Peter would disown him. Not only did he know that he would disown him, but he describes it in such vivid detail. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. So he puts a time frame on it. Even the rooster will, will crow and he will disown him not once, not twice, but three times. 
So we find that throughout this chapter, Jesus knew, Jesus knew, Jesus knew. So I want to ask you the question, how did Jesus know? Well, that scripture that we had up before the sermon started is a good hint. We find that Jesus only said what the Father said. And Jesus knew things are about to happen because of his time spent with the Father. As we've read through the, the Gospels in this series that we're doing this year, we find that Jesus often spent time with the Father. He would be ministering to the crowds, ministering to the one, and then he would withdraw. Often he'd get away and he'd go up on a mountainside and he'd pray, and he'd just spend quality time with the Father. Now, if you're in any type of relationship, you have to spend time with someone to really get to know them. Melissa and I, we've been married for 36 years and, and often we will go to say something and we'll both say the exact same thing at the same time. And it's, it's because we've spent so much time together and we know each other so well, uh, it's like you, you even know what's going to come out of their mouth. And it's the same with Jesus and his father. He spent time with him. He'd get away. He'd pray. He'd listen. He, he would receive and the Father would talk to him and tell him about things that were going to happen. So Jesus knew because of his intimate relationship with the Father. So what about us? How much do we know? You know, there's times when you just know things. I remember one morning... It was early morning. I'd have this alarm clock next to my bed and, and I'd sort of play this little game. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd just guess what the time was. And one, one time I woke up and opened my eyes and it, it was still really dark and I, I said to myself, oh, I reckon it's about 3.19am. And I glanced over to the clock and bam, there it was, 3.19am. Now, I just knew... But most of the time, I'd guess, and I didn't know. So there's times where we just know things and they could be coincidences, it could be anything. If we knew everything that was going to happen in this world, it would probably be a scary thing. I think it's good that we don't know everything that's going to happen to us. I think in life, if we knew what was ahead, often we probably would shrink back and not want to make that journey. So I think that the Lord reveals things to us that we need to know and he doesn't reveal a lot that we don't need to know. But I think it's important that if we want to know what is going to happen to us, if we want to know what the future holds and when we've got big decisions to make, then we need to seek him for direction. We need to seek him for answers. We need to seek him for wisdom. And as you do this, it's like it causes a thirst and a persistence to develop within us to want to seek after his leading and his guiding and his wisdom for our life. And that goes from the little things that happen throughout our everyday life to the major things and the major decisions that we need to make and we want God's will and direction for our lives. So how does God speak to us? 
Well, Steve touched on last week about being in the spirit, not in the flesh. Being in the flesh is about our will and our desires. Being in the spirit is about spending time with the Holy Spirit, being intimate, um, hearing his voice, knowing his voice. Next week, Christian is going to be preaching about how the Holy Spirit is sent once Jesus leaves. And as Christians today, we have the Holy Spirit within us to speak to us the heart of God. So I want to talk about some different ways that, that God by his Spirit communicates to us. Here's a couple of ways that um, you might be aware of in your own life. Often God speaks to us, the Holy Spirit speaks to us, there's, a, there's an inner knowing. It's just like there's this knowing within us that this is God's will and purpose for a specific thing in our life. Sometimes that could be in, in the shape of, of an audible voice. Now, I, I've never heard an audible voice from heaven thunder down and say something to me. And probably most people haven't. I have heard of, of just a couple of people who said that they've heard an audible voice from heaven. But there can be an inner knowing by hearing in a number of ways. It can be like a spoken word. It, it can be a, a, a thought that just it, it comes from left field and it's like, man, that, that, that just come deep into my spirit. I could never think of that. That must be God. And it can come in very many different ways, shapes and forms. But often it brings real clarity and, and confirming and a real peace into our lives. We can hear from the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. And there's times when you, you read something in the Word, a specific passage or a scripture, and it's just, it's just like God speaking to you through His Word. Oftentimes, um, we recall God's Word um, from memory, from things that we've learned. And, and it's just like it's recalled to our memory for a specific purpose and a time or, or in spiritual warfare or when we're facing something, we can quote the Word of God. There's times where the Holy Spirit speaks to us and, and, and it's like there's just this leading. There's a, there's a prompting or a nudge to do something. For example, you might be walking down the street and all of a sudden you, it, you just notice this person and you get this, this prompting or this nudge to go up and talk to them or, or, or to share with them. So it can just be in, in that way, shape or form. Uh, the Holy Spirit also can speak to us uh, in the way of a check in our spirit. Sometimes there's a sense to just to stop what we're doing, to, to withdraw or, or to change direction. It's like we get a sense of uneasiness and, and we can't continue doing what we're doing, whether we're, we're involved in something and, and it just feels like this is uncomfortable and there's this check in your spirit to stop and get out of that situation. And another way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us is, is like a, a quickening. Um, something just really jumps out at you. you. You might be reading the Word and all of a sudden something just jumps out at you. There's a... 
passage that you may have read a hundred times and all of a sudden there's something new it, it just like it hits you in the face or you could be listening to a sermon or even in a conversation with something and all of a sudden just something little that they say just really jumps out and, and grabs you and it's like it's God speaking to you right there through that thing that is happening right there and right now so I'm sure we've all had um, times in our life just every day you're going through your day and there's something little and you just pray and you're asking God to lead you and guide you and direct you. And it's, it's great when you just get a sense of the right way to go. But also when you've got major decisions to make in your life, it's so important to hear from God, to spend time to know his will and his purpose and his direction for your life. A couple of examples. Um, when I was a young fella and I wanted to get married and I was a bit of a gawky guy, I went to a technical school, I, did, I wasn't around girls much and then all of a sudden there was a couple of girls that I liked and I didn't know what to do. So I wrote up a list, I had a graph and I had some names and I listed down all their characteristics and, and I had these columns and if, if they were good at sport or if um, they lived close by or so it was my way of trying to narrow it down so I narrowed it down with my human thinking and but then I had to really pray and say God what what am I supposed to do in this situation to get married to someone um, spend the rest of my life with them it's a huge decision and I need your guidance and it was just like Melissa was the one and sometimes we try and figure it all out and but it was though we both just knew and we had a sense and uh, it didn't mean that it was perfect but um, through the years we've really grown and developed and, and 36 years on we've got a great marriage and God is at the centre of that. But when you're making major decisions you, you just want to get a sense and know that God has got his hand upon it, that he's speaking and, and, and you're choosing the right decision and the right path. There was other times when we were uh, living in Tasmania and, and uh, we got the call to, from, from Pastor Ron to come back to Tatura and, and be the, the youth pastor. And so we really grappled with that, you know, God, what's your will for this? And so we put out a fleece about certain things that needed to happen and prayed and fasted. And, and, and God really came and he answered those prayers and he just opened the door. You know, there's times when you pray and everything just shuts and you know that it's, it's not the right purpose or it's not the right timing. But through that, we, we came back and, and we launched into to a ministry that has been going for, for over 25 years. And that was just a great sense of, of purpose and clarity in that. Uh, there was another time that I think of when uh, we had an, an investment property and... Um, we got an offer to sell it and it wasn't quite what we wanted but I was really praying to God, God, you know, we've been trying so long to, to get rid of this thing and I need your, your guidance, your direction on this. And I, I remember praying and one day it was, it was like an audible voice. It was just two words, three actually, sell it now. And from then it was just like all that indecisiveness all the confusion went and we sold it and and I just look at what's unfolded over the last couple of years and it was it was a God decision it was a God moment 
So God speaks to us in the little things. He speaks to us in the big things. The important thing is, do we seek him? Do we spend time with him? Do we get into the word and ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten us and help us make those incredibly important decisions in our life? There's a couple of other ways that he speaks to us. There's a scripture in Joel 2, 28 to 29. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So visions and dreams and prophecies. Now, it says here that Old men will dream dreams and young men will see visions. Now, I'm not really a person that has many dreams at all, but I do see visions. So that must mean I'm young and not old. How many visions have I seen? Well, every day when I come home from work and I open the door, there's Melissa, a vision of loveliness. So actually, I've, I see very few visions apart from my wife. But some people, they're seeing visions and pictures and it's like God just showed me this picture all the time. Very rarely have I ever seen that. Very rarely do I dream. If I have a dream, I usually forget it. Um, but there's some people that God really speaks to through visions and dreams. So a vision is, is seeing a picture or it's a story unfolding like, like this video in front of your eyes. And and. The Holy Spirit can really speak to some people through that. You know, some people, they're always having dreams. And then they're asking, God, what does that dream mean? There's so many examples in the Bible, like, like Daniel and Joseph and these guys. And they had dreams. And they were God-given dreams. And God worked mightily through that and gave them understanding to interpret those dreams. And, but also in that scripture talks about prophecy. And the Holy Spirit can speak to us through a prophetic word. And sometimes that prophetic word is for now. And it's, it's just a God-given thing for now. Sometimes it's for down the track. It's for later. And we need to just put on the shelf. And, but knowing that God has spoken and that time will come. So as you can see, there's lots of different ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. So I want to know, what about you? Right here, right now. What are you facing? Are there some things in your life where you, you've got to make some decisions and you just, you just want that clarity, that voice of the Spirit, so that you go the right way? From the everyday little things to the life's major decisions that will shape your future. I want to just pray for you now about those decisions, about the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then we'll finish with communion after that. So let's just all join together in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you that as we open your word and we look at John 13, it was Jesus knew, he knew, he knew. And that flowed out of the intimacy that he has with his Father. And Lord, today as, as people that know you, we have the Holy Spirit within us. And as we spend time with the Holy Spirit and, and we seek answers for things in our lives, for major decisions, for directions, Lord, we thank you 
that by your spirit you can speak to us and you can give us clarity and wisdom and purpose and direction. So, Lord, for people now that are watching today, and, Lord, maybe they have questions, maybe it's decisions that they need to make in their life and they just they want it to be you and not them. Lord, I just pray today where people are sitting in, in their lounge rooms right now, I just pray, speak into their situation. Give them clarity. Give them a real peace of the direction that you want them to take. And Lord, I just pray that even today there would, there would be testimony after testimony of answered prayer, of you speaking into their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, for those that are watching and they don't know you, Lord, I pray today you would visit them. Lord, that there would just be something that happens on the inside that they would know, wow, I've never experienced that. I've never felt that. It's as though God is becoming real to me. And Lord, you would just give them an encounter with you that would change their lives forever. And we just pray, Lord, you would move upon every heart that is watching right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So to finish off, we're just going to take communion together. And later on that night, after we've been talking about those things that happened, Matthew 26, 26, 28 says, While they were eating, Jesus took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, Take, eat, this is my body. Let's eat together. As we have the cracker in representation of Jesus' broken body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out. Poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's drink together. Ah, Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Lord, we just thank you today. We thank you, Lord, that you went on to die just a short time after that, that supper together with your disciples. And by dying, Lord, you laid down your life so that all mankind, Lord, could come into relationship with you because you paid the price for us. And Lord... Not long after that, you rose again and your mission was complete and you returned to the Father. But Lord, you knew, you knew, you knew. And Lord, today I pray that as we spend time with you, with the Holy Spirit, with our Heavenly Father, we would allow you to speak into our lives, to help us make those decisions and that we would know. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.